Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, people, what is going on? You know that sound. It's the Unfiltered Band, which is, yes, another episode of Unfiltered coming your way. This is going to go down. Episode 146. I promised I would, and here you go. The first one dedicated to the fights as we get into UFC 283 and move forward with you here on the 145, if you will. In terms of episode, you can jump on board the Unfiltered Revolution at all times, anytime. Get on Twitter at Casey Stern, hop in the bio, get on the YouTube channel, like, watch the videos, the interviews, and all sorts of stuff. Again, mostly baseball at this point, a little bit of hockey. We've done a little bit of basketball, and I'm delving out uh, even more than that. Did some football a couple of days ago, do some UFC here. I want to give a little bit to everybody. If you just like the baseball, want to stick with that, you get a little bit of everything as uh, we kind of branch out a little bit. Uh, want to uh, let people know, because I've been kind of keeping you posted, if you're in the Georgia area, of uh, how to get at me and uh, talk some SBORTS and, and get some great food as uh, I'm uh, working uh, with uh, Rock and Roll Sushi in Alpharetta locally, and I'm there uh, most of the time. And if I'm not, uh, you can uh, you know reach me and try and find out when or let them know that I sent you in. I'm working on uh, what kind of discounts and things I can get you to, to come in, whether you come in and have, uh, have food or, or drinks or talk some sports or whatever the case might be. Uh, and I'll be uh, down there for time uh, tonight as well for anybody who is uh, local here as we do this on a Wednesday. So I'll keep you posted on that uh, for you locals, for everybody across the board. You should know by now that we are thankful that we are presented by our good friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season, everything from NFL playoffs, pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, game trends at Bet Online, the live betting options, free contests, live scores, almost any sport, any game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way. But all your favorite leagues and events, you can head over to the website today, use your mobile device to join, receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use the promo code Believe. That's B L E A V. Receive your rewards. It's betonline.ag. That's where the game starts as we get started here. And I want to go through uh, 283 and and give you kind of my perspective on, on the fights from this pay-per-view and some of the storylines uh, moving forward. And you can get me on the comment side, whether it be about UFC, baseball, any sports, list ideas, whatever it might be over in the DMs on the Twitter end. Or if you want to jump in and comment over on Twitter and on YouTube, uh, you know, most of the time I'll, I'll respond within a few hours. So, you know, keep uh, conversating, if you will, along the way. Let's start here. You know, if you know me over the years, I love great stories and I love stories of triumph and I love stories of perseverance. And the story of Jamal Hill is give me all that because, you know, here's a guy who, even though he got the opportunity late and kind of at the last second, and let's be fair, because even though it wasn't as bad as Dana White put it out to be, the Ankalaev uh, fight with Jan Blahovich was not good. And, you know, clearly, A, it ends in a draw, so you don't know what to do. B, you're sitting there, you know, in a situation where you already had held up the division in terms of where it was going to go next because of the injury, and we'll get to him, to Yuri Prohaska, right? So with Prohaska out, you've got a situation where Ankalaev and Blahovich fight, then that's a nightmare, that turns into a draw, and what are you going to do? Jamal Hill was scheduled to dance with Anthony uh, Anthony Smith in in the octagon, and we'll get to uh, Smith in a second. And then gets 
taken out of that fight and booked with just moments after the Uncle Ivan Blahovich fight gets booked into the fight with Glover Teixeira. Teixeira, of course, a legend, a lifer, a dude, one of the nicest guys in the sport and in his home in Brazil and an event and an environment it was. Glover brought you everything you'd expect in terms of even at 43 or whatever he is years old, the courage and the fight and the tenacity. He even was able to take it to the ground. And we saw that including in the fifth. And we knew he could take a punch because he's got a legendary chin. I mean, this guy can absolutely eat it and keep moving. All right. But if you go before that fight, there's only a couple of ways it plays out. It's either Glover Teixeira is going to take this to the ground and Jamal Hill is not going to be able to deal with his pressure and either get submitted, ground and pounded out to a stoppage and Teixeira wins. Or Jamal Hill, who had clearly shown anything and everything you want in terms of punching prowess, was going to knock Glover Teixeira out even with the great chin and keep it standing up, avoid the takedown, and you're probably looking at a fight that ends within a couple of rounds because if Hill swings and misses enough times, he's going to get caught, taken down, probably get frustrated, make one mistake and get choked out. Or that early on, like he had done to so many, and we've seen some, I mean, the Johnny Walker, who, by the way, had a great performance himself in 283, but that knockout among others, I mean, Jamal Hill's a dude in terms of strength on the feet. To see this one go the distance and Jamal Hill pitch a shutout and Glover Teixeira hang in there. Now, this was not like a situation which we'll get into with, you know, Lauren Murphy and Jessica Andrade, where clearly that fight should have been stopped. You know, there is a service. Look, there's a duty that the coaches have in a corner that the ref have. That's why he's there. This is a dangerous sport. All right, this is not like I'm not taking anything away from the danger of football, especially with what we just had with DeMar Hamlin. Right. And, you know, CTE and all those things that that you could see in other sports. Look, hockey, we've seen injuries everywhere. Right. You can have that anywhere pretty much. But let's not take anything away from the fact that literally. You are talking about. Guys and ladies are going into that cage saying, I'm ready to die tonight if that's what I got to do to go win. And they mean it. Not like you and I would say it about something, you know, outside of our kids where we mean it. Something that we think is important. And we're just like, nah, we, you know, come push comes to shove, really, we're not going that far. They're going that far. You know, I, I've, I've covered this on the baseball side with injuries and watched it with guys like David Wright. And we saw it with so many athletes over the years in different sports where coaches and trainers and agents and, and teammates got to get in their way because they're going to say yes and go and want to play and fight and do all the time. So I don't go, get on TJ Dillashaw for going out with one arm trying to beat Aljo going back a couple of months because you know what? Yeah, okay. Does he need the money? Does he want the money? Sure, he's getting a payday, but I'm sure he thought he wouldn't the fight because these guys and these ladies, they're nuts. In every way you love as a sports fan, they're crazy. In every way we don't understand as a sports fan, they're crazy, right? Go look at Yuri Prohaska saying, I'm coming. You know, when he's going after Jamal Hill, which, by the way, if you missed it, please get over to, to MMA Junkie. has it out on Twitter and some others. I have it on my social. I posted it. Jamal Hill's uh, response to that is, is amazing. It's fascinating. But, I mean, Prohaska is literally like, 
Like, that is as good as if that was a WWE thing. I'd be like, this is the best promo and pop and push I've ever seen. These guys nuts, all right? So Glover Teixeira hanging in there and taking all that punishment probably doesn't surprise me. The heart he showed, I love the moment afterwards in the cage because, you know, all that crap that was getting thrown at Brandon Moreno, which never should have happened, and, you know, he's got to basically just sit in there and, and duck in beers and whatnot on his way out. That Glover Teixeira, in that moment, after he drops the gloves in the octagon and retires, is like, I'm walking this dude out because you're not going to treat him that way. He's the champ. How do you not love this guy? How do you not love this guy? But Jamal Hill was taken down and got back up. He was able to avoid any issues in terms of getting submitted on the ground. And on the feet was piecing Teixeira up left and right, hook, line, and sinker from minute one in this fight. I was unbelievably impressed. And it's a great story. It is a great story because regardless of getting it late, what this guy has come from and what he's lived through and dealt with and go and search and seek out his story. And he's got, a, I think, I think uh, six children that he's, he's you're trying to feed and trying to you know, put food on a table and do the best for them and for their future. And when he was getting emotional in that cage, I ain't going to lie to you. Yeah, I'm not even going to say I'm not crying. You're crying. I was crying like when I first saw Turner and Hooch when I was a teenager. When the dog died. Balling. Yeah, having even the, the minute millionth of an idea of that feeling of when you are trying to give your kids the life you damn well know that they deserve. Regardless of what's going on in earth with adults. And you get that chance to put that out in front of them in their future and you do that. And you have that pride in yourself when nobody says you can do it. Man, my, my hair is standing up, but I was balling for him. Good for him. Great for Jamal Hill. Now, what's next? You'll see the Pro Hoska video and go check that out. Seemingly, and, and uh, Yuri was on uh, my dude Ariel's show, I think, was it on Monday, and talked about being ready quite possibly in the summer, maybe at the end of the summer, and even though we're sitting here now in January and we saw the quick turnaround, I think they feel better about what the championship is now. That was a dominant performance by Hill. I don't know how it plays out. You never know what's going to happen with the UFC and the matchmaking and whatnot. But I expect, I expect that we are going to see, especially now with the buildup, you know, Jamal Hill saying he wants to give Prohaska the, 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 uh, the opportunity and wants to defend against him, I think because Jamal Hill clearly, and we all understand this, is being talked about and considered a guy who sort of has the title, and he's sort of the champ. I mean, look, you know, John Jones was the greatest at this division for such, such a long, long time. And then, you know, it bounced back and forth, and Blahovich had it, and then we thought Izzy was going to step up and take it, and he didn't, and then all of a sudden it's Prohaska. He, you know, after Glover with that the great battle fight of the year for sure, we thought they'd rematch, they don't. Uh, the opportunity ends up, you know, falling in, in the lap because of Yuri's injury to where Jamal Hill gets it now. But Jamal Hill knows until he beats Yuri, he's not going to be considered that dude. I expect them to wait till the end of the summer for that fight. Now, let's be fair about this. And this is where we sit at the top of the heap in this light heavyweight division. And this is important to understand. It looked like we were going to have. Uh, oh, a marriage, if you will, in terms of boxing 
in, you know, in terms of the MMA variety in this case, right, combat sports, in terms of when two guys just set up or two ladies, if it's in a women's division, to just be the right pairing, we thought the last name there that was going to be opposite Jamal Hill was going to be Smith. Smith, Smith, Anthony Smith. Now, I don't know if Anthony Smith makes weight and if Anthony Smith is on weight when he goes down there and, you know, look, to his credit, he ate it and owned it. And to his credit, and look, people aren't you know, always like this, whether their last name is Smith, first name Anthony, or who they are in this world. Trust me, I know. I know. I know. People not always going to be up front. Not always going to eat it and own it and be accountable. He was accountable. He said, I, I eat it. He said, I'm, I'm eating the shit. You know, sorry about the kids listening. But that's what he said during the uh, BYM podcast that he and Bisbing do, which I love. Yeah, he's, he's eating it. He owns, he owns that crow. He knows he missed that weight. But the interesting thing is, Yuri Prohaska in his conversation with Ariel is sitting there saying, well, maybe Anthony Smith deserves it. People are out there on the internet saying he deserves it. Anthony, for those who don't know, not only did Smith have a fight book with Jamal Hill, but he also was then helping to train him, even though at the last second he found out and on the air, and kudos to Anthony Smith in that spot for handling it as, as well as he did. It's fantastic the way he handled it. But for him to find out on the air at the last second that he's out of that fight with Jamal Hill, Jamal Hill's getting a title shot, where Anthony Smith's been working towards that, trying to get that ever since what happened with John Jones. Granted, coming off a loss against Ankalaev, although granted on the other side, devil's advocate, it was an injury. But here he is set up against Jamal Hill, and because they're friends, he says, yeah, I'll, I'll come out when Hill asks and help you train. He helped him train for the fight. He was sitting there in the training room with him after he, before and after he missed weight, right up until the lead up. I mean, he's sitting there. Now, look, he's not his trainer, but he's there for advice or for help. And he was a confidant and all that. And that's great. But in, in terms of building up something in combat sports, and again, right, that fight marriage, right, to, to have it, it be a Hill and a Smith in this case, it's right all there. I mean, guy ends up, they're supposed to fight. The fight gets canceled. Then he ends up having, you, you basically voluntarily after being asked, you're offering to help him beat Teixeira, who was a guy who beat up Anthony Smith in the past. And then he gets the belt. And now you go revisit that fight. Now you got two friends and all the things they learned from each other and who stole whose secrets. And there's a lot there. And I don't know what would have happened, but I think if Anthony Hill makes that, Anthony Smith makes that weight, they may turn that back around, tell Yuri to hang out, yeah, you know, I don't know if he's going to be ready for what international fight week was that in July. I mean, that may be what they're thinking. That could be where they aim, right, in, for this fight, maybe. But if he's not, and you certainly, Yuri's got to take his time and be patient with that kind of an injury, you could have run that right back and sat there in an April you know, fight, let's say. I think there's supposed to be in Barclays or MSG. You could have run that right there, maybe even as a co-main, you know, if you want something in front of there. But you, you that looked like, again, you know, that that was going to be a, a, a deal. And then he missed weight. Now, I don't know if that had anything to do with it. Clearly, Jamal it seems to be calling out Yuri. I think he, yeah, I don't think he slights Smith, but I think he wants that big payday. He wants that, you know, he's going to get the pay-per-view points. He wants Yuri, certainly, when he does that. What if it is the only time you're maximizing? Good for him. I think it's smart. But I, I 
saw yesterday he didn't announce who the fight was, but Anthony Smith said he's already booked in a fight. Now, my guess is we're probably going to hear, I mean, it's got to be Jan Blahovich, right? Because you know, he fought Ankalaev to a draw. Anthony Smith coming off a loss to Ankalaev where he got injured. Both these guys kind of, kind of trying to get back up. You know Jan wants to get in the mix. So let Jamal go ahead and fight Yuri. And Jan goes and beats Anthony Smith convincingly. Maybe he can get a shot. Anthony Smith can do some convincingly and Jamal wins. He might get a shot. If Jamal loses, he may get a number one contender for it. Yeah, I, that seems, I have no idea. And maybe I'm, um, you know, look, it's not necessarily the sport I cover daily. So, yeah, it, yeah I don't know how you know, Jan is recovering from his last fight, how ready he will be or when. But I, that's, you, you tell me, that seems to be the one that stands out, unless it's a quick turnaround for Johnny Walker after the Paul Craig fight. That's the only other one I could think about. But for Anthony Smith, that would really be getting crapped on. They tell him three minutes before he's out of a fight that's moving him up in the division. Then he flies out to Brazil. Then it seems like punishment for missing weight, because why am I going down to Walker, who's several spots behind me, who's dangerous? I'd rather fight a dangerous Jan and be in a number one contender spot or fight Jamal Hill. It, it's got to be Blahovich, I would guess. I have no idea. We'll see. The Figueredo Moreno battles, and you know, four of them, and that's all we're going to get. Those have been great, but I don't want to hear about the finger in the eye because it was a punch and it seemed clear in this fight. But Brandon Moreno was piecing him up winning this fight. You know, Figueredo, I mean, look, you know, they have the whole Pat Riley thing when I covered the NBA in terms of body fat. I mean, Figueredo looks like he's like in Survivor on day 38. Like, and after the weight cut, that does not seem healthy. Speaking of weight cuts. Right at 125, he'll bump up. You know, he throwing the gloves in in the octagon afterwards. We thought maybe he's going to retire, but you know, it, it, in fact, he's going up a weight class to 135. We'll see what happens there in terms of being a bantam weight. But I think this clearly, to me, was better for the UFC. Now Pantoja can go ahead and try and say he's going to go beat Moreno for a third time. They can battle. I think for the UFC, it's great to have a title in Mexico. I think for Moreno, he's such a sellable dude. What a what a what a lovable fighter. I mean, you know, if this guy's a middleweight or a light heavyweight, he might be the biggest star in the game because he's it's so easy to root for this kid and get behind him. Speaking of stories and fight and perseverance and all that, I mean, all that you got to love his story. So I think that worked out well for them. But there's not much to say. Look, Figueredo, it just that was it. You could tell you know, he's getting older. You know, he goes out, get a couple of more money fights, I think, at 135. And you see him kind of walking in the sunset. And, and that's the end of that. Gilbert Burns, I love. I love watching him fight. I think the Chimaev-Burns fight was as good a fight last year outside of Prohaska Glover that we saw. The other one I would think about, and certainly in round one especially, would be Chandler against Poirier. Those are probably my favorite fights of the year in 2022. But that fight that we got from Chimaev and Burns was... I'm telling you right now, you're listening to this or watching this, you're a UFC fan or you're just getting into it. Go back, and I do this sometimes on ESPN Plus and go watch old fights. Go go watch the Chimaev burn fights and then shoot me a comment on YouTube. Or if you're listening to Apple, Spotify, anywhere, go get me on Twitter at Casey. I'm, I'm telling you, like, go watch the fight again. Like, I think people forgot how unbelievable this fight was. And for as unbelievably unbeatable and untouchable as Hamzat seems to be, Burns was right there. He was right there. I think he lost the fight. I know Gilbert said afterwards he thought he won, and I think he lost the fight, but he was right there, right there in that fight. I love that Gilbert, you can't, look, you can't be a nice guy in this sport and get the fights and the big money you want. It's unfortunate, but that's just the way it is. You just can't. You can't. And that's why Benil Dariush yeah, hasn't gotten the fights that he wants. 
And I think now he'll probably get Charles Oliveira just because it works out as a good fight for Charles, not necessarily, and I don't mean an easy fight, but in terms of the right fight for him to get to win, hopefully convincingly, let's say Volk loses to Islam and then do what Charles says he wants to do, get Islam again back in the next year. I don't think you're seeing that without beating a dude, and Benil's a dude. I mean, that's a, that'll be a quality win for Oliveira. He's already fought Gaethje. He's already, who now has Fazeev. He's already fought Poirier. Who knows what happens with him next? He's already fought Chandler. Right? He's already been through that, that gamut. That's the right fight. So, but you can't be a nice guy and get fights. You got to call dudes out. Gilbert Burns, kind of too nice sometimes. Good for him calling out Colby Covington. It's a great fight for him because you know you got a mouthpiece in Colby whether they do it as a tough season, which I know Gilbert wants, which is more money for him or not. I, that That's a that's a great fight. Both guys who have had relationships with Kamaru Usman and both guys who have lost fights to Kamaru Usman and both guys who are right there and both guys who... Look, I, I think Burns would love to fight Hamzat again. I really do, because I think he thinks he won. I think he thinks he's getting better and could beat him. And maybe he could, maybe he couldn't. Colby and Hamza, everybody's been talking about for like a year now. The only reason I could think, no offense to Colby Covington at all, regardless of what you think, because it's all shtick anyway, and he's a real good fighter. And I don't think he's the guy that, that people portray. But regardless of what you think of Colby Covington, you know, I actually find it easier to believe, even though he's not a guy who's been afraid of dudes in the past, that he doesn't want Chimaev than that Hamzat's afraid of anybody. I believe it. Like, there are some guys who talk a lot of shit that you're just like, eh, they're not backing it up and you kind of can't feel that. But you, I absolutely believe that Hamzat, the way he's looked, certainly, and, and that doesn't hurt the confidence, and the way he talks, that I think he'd fight anyone. I think he'd fight Colby tomorrow if Colby said yes. So... If Colby's saying no that whole time, he should take this and fight Gilbert Burns. And then let Bilal, let's say, you know, hypothetically fight Hamzat in some final four. But I think, you know, Hamzat also in the back of his mind probably waiting. Hey, if Leon wins, maybe I get the next shot. You know, there's going to be a lot of go round. You know, Bilal thinks, hey, the fight would have gone differently without the injury. And he gets another run. So there's a lot there. And it's one of the more intriguing divisions at Walter Waite that we've got in the UFC. So a lot of storylines from 283. I want to bring this up before I kind of put a wrap and just a quickie here in this first foray into doing some UFC. And again, I said this at the beginning, but um, I, I have been a UFC since before tough season one. So I mean, in since the day one and am all over it. I, I, you know, watch as many of the pay-per-views as I can. I've seen certainly most of them now. The last couple of years, it was harder when I was working on the road and, and working in the broadcasting industry. It's easier now for me. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I don't miss a fight. I don't miss the press conference. I, I'm all about it, all over it. I want to just reiterate, though, that it was hard not coming out of that night. And Jessica Andrade is scary. I mean, violently scary. All right. In a good way for the sport. Right. I mean, in terms of you know fighting in the octagon. Laura Murphy had no chance in that fight. You go back and watch that fight. If you ordered it, you can go replay it. If not, if you don't know how that works, if you have ESPN plus, usually I think it's like two weeks, maybe 16 days, somewhere around there. It'll pop up for you. So wait for that. If you listen to this Apple, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast, YouTube, whatever here on a uh, I gotta look at my what is it? Wednesday, uh, January. What is it? The 25th. Oh. You ever have like dates that are like certain dates that come up and then it's like, you know, you have like, I think it's getting old where you have too many dates in your life that are anniversaries of, of you know, some of them good. But unfortunately, a lot of them that you're like, oh, OK, I know where I was that day, you know, a year ago or two years ago for me or whatever it might be. 
Um, when you think about this fight with Lauren Murphy and you go back and watch that, you know, look, I don't want to say unfair because I'm not trying to sit here and, and you know, say something somebody's going to think is weak. They're fighters, right? I understand that. But she was getting her ass handed to her and was getting hurt badly. Badly. And that is up to, in my opinion, somebody to get in her way. That's what the referee is there for. That's what the coaches are there for. Kudos to her. She took it. She ate it for three rounds. I don't even know how she's like, you know, forget. I'm not going to over-exaggerate alive. I don't even know how she didn't quit herself and tap for punches or, you know, look, she could have clearly done enough. We've seen this where, you know, you don't tap, but you, you know, the ref will stop it. If you, if you really don't fight back or, you know, just sit there covered up in a fetal, let's say, right. I mean, you got to give, you want to talk about tough on that entire 80, 283 card. Nobody came out tougher to me, even Glover than Lauren Murphy. Nobody, but that should have never happened. Hopefully this will happen again. I'm going to do more of these. I love talking about the UFC. It's good to have you on board uh, with me, no matter what we're talking about here. And again, uh, if you're local, I'm going to try and keep you posted and, and find out about uh, what kind of discounts and things I can do for you. But whether you're coming in for, for food, drink, uh, say hello, just talk sports, rock and roll sushi uh, in Alpharetta. It, it's fa- I'm a sushi guy my whole life, and it's fantastic food. Um, if I had to uh, go back to uh, the life of my early 20s, last time I waited tables was 23 years ago. Um, this this would be the place I would want to do it for. So, um, you know, I'm enjoying myself and, and taking on challenges. And certainly you can come hang out with me anytime when I'm there, uh, including this evening on a Wednesday night, or uh, reach out to me and find out when I'm there if you're local and come in with the family or friends or whatnot. In the meantime, all family and friends should be on board the Unfiltered Revolution, where, as always, we are presented here at Unfiltered by our good friends at Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.